welcome to the Old Time Radio Hour. I'm your host, Justine Ward, and each week we bring you a classic show from radio's golden age. If there's one thing we know about Archie, the guy with the big ego who runs Duffy's Tavern, it's that he's a music lover. The two shows we have this week feature two marvelous musical talents, Deems Taylor and Peggy Lee. In this episode, Archie presents the opera he has written to Deems Taylor, a composer, critic, and promoter of classical music. We'll see how the highbrow Deems Taylor cuts Archie down to size in the most comic way. Enjoy Duffy's Tavern with guest star Deems Taylor, first broadcast September 28, 1945, on NBC. We take you now to Duffy's Tavern. Duffy's Tavern, where the elite meets eat, Archie demands you speak, and Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. Tonight, uh, Deems Taylor. Deems. Like in Deems, Dem, and Doze. <laughs> well, look, Duffy, the guy is a big shot in music, you know, an expert on operas, philharmonicas, uh... <laughs> you know, intermezzos, concertos, symphonies, things. Huh? No, I can't ask a guy like that to fix the jukebox. <laughs> Deems Taylor fixed the jukebox. Can you imagine what he charged? <laughs> now, this is an important guy, Duffy. Deems is to American music what O'Gratton is to cheese. <laughs> Certainly. Well, I'm going to let him uh, listen to an opera which I have just wrote. Well, after the way Hollywood gave me picture to cold shoulder, I figured that a successful opera will help me save face. If it's the same face I used in the picture, why do I want to save it? <laughs> Look, Duffy, please, I, I better hang up before I'm forced to hurt you. Now, leave us see how this opera sounds. It opens, the Duke has lost his entire fortune. He's sick with fever and malaria as he comes home from his mother's funeral. He walks into the house and he finds his wife in the arms of his best friend. So turning to the audience, he stabs himself with his dagger as he sings, Oh, what a beautiful morning. <laughs> well, now that part's okay. Eddie! That's the second stack of dishes you dropped today. What's the matter with you? I don't know. I guess I must have lower plate wobble. <laughs> I'm sorry, Miss Arthur. The government spends $2 billion to split the atom. All they had to do was to bring it to you. <laughs> now, cut out the noise. I'm busy here. Hey, ain't you through with that opera yet? Oh, no, not quite. I'm uh, working on a score. Uh, who's ahead? You or the opera? <laughs> <laughs> okay, scoff me, knave. <laughs> I fire upon you. <laughs> Well, 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 what's this with this opera stuff, anyway? Is your Hollywood career finished? Well, no, they're still annoying me. <laughs> annoying you? Well, you call them up, name in, you write them letters, they don't answer? Well, wouldn't that annoy you? <laughs> uh, this opera will change you all of that. You see, Eddie, you're going to have a background before they respect you in Hollywood. Mm, background, huh? Well, sure, I guess the Williams used to be a swimmer, you know. Frederick Murray was a saxophone player. Laura Smokey was an opera star. Lionel Barrymore. What about him? Well, he was an actor before he became a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> 
And there's one you forgot. Who? Lassie. What was she? She started as a dog. <laughs> See what I mean? Uh, of course, I didn't have that kind of a background. Oh, no? <laughs> no, I was great in the picture, but in order to be a success in Hollywood, you've got to do something besides that. Well, according to the critics, that's just what you did. <laughs> Thanks, Eddie. So that's what I say. I uh, think this opera will do great things for me. How? Well, look, if Steve Taylor likes it, and I think he will, and if he sponsors it, as I think he's bound to, and if the public goes for it, as I think they should, and if the critics like it... And then what? I don't know. Where was I? <laughs> I don't know where you were. At them altitudes, my radar stopped working. <laughs> Eddie, I can see you like all of the rest. Nobody understands me. I don't think there are five men in the world that understand me. Living or dead. Uh, oh, huh? <laughs> oh, hello, Finnegan. Hey, uh, what's with you? You look very dapper tonight. Oh, thank you, Art. Uh, I guess it's his hand-painted tie. It's pretty, Art, isn't it? Uh, well, it looks kind of fuzzy. Hmm. Maybe I should have shaved me chest before I painted it on. Hi, Dizzy. What are you writing there, Ross? An opera, and if you don't mind, I'm trying to concentrate. Well, if you're writing it, Arch, don't worry about it. Well, thank you, Clifton. Yeah. Everything you write has a stamp of your personality on it. Thank you. Uh, your work is always so with. Uh, what's your word? Uh, individual? No. Uh, unique? No. Uh, clever? No. Finnegan, your vocabulary is pretty lousy. That's the word lousy. Say, look, Archer, who's going to sing in this opera? Who's going to sing? Well, certainly not you with that voice of yours. Uh, just a second, Arch. I bet you if I took the trouble, I could be a very good soprano. A soprano, yes. Then again, in order to sing soprano, you've got to be a dame. Oh, then it wouldn't be worth it. <laughs> you a singer. Do you want to you hear me sing up the scale? Parish for bed. Well, listen. Listen. Don't let me bust all I see, though. That was up the scale. Leave us here, you sing down the scale. Don't ring me for so long, she don't. Well, your voice ain't bad, but you got a horrible sense of direction. <laughs> Where did you ever learn to sing, anyway? Uh, from listening to the birds. To the birds? Why, certainly. Birds can sing better than anybody. What are you talking? People can sing rings around the birds any time. Take that lily punch. He can hit an F above a high C. While balancing herself on a telephone wire? Finnegan, <laughs> please, leave us not discuss your singing no further. Hello, Archie. Oh, hello, Miss Duffy. Say, Miss Duffy, I seen you last night with that poet for staff open show at the hot dog stand. At a hot dog stand? Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, that's the beauty of Paul's staff. The poet in him loves those little sidewalk cafes. <laughs> And a cheapskate in them don't object neither. You're wrong, Archie. Paul Staff isn't like that at all. He's like all poets. He never thinks about money. Never once has he said to me, Miss Duffy, how much did that meal cost you? 
Oh, boy. You should have seen them eating together, Rod. You know, they're really in love. Oh, Finnegan. Oh, don't be silly. We were just having a hot dog. So look, Miss Duffy, I've been around. <laughs> don't tell me. You know, I know when a fella and a girl take the hot dog out of the roll, put the two ends in their mouths, and work towards the middle, that's love. I didn't know about this, Miss Duffy. Are you really serious about this, Paul Steph? Well, uh, yes, I am, Archie. As a matter of fact, we're going to announce our engagement just as soon as Paul Steph asks Papa for his consent. Well, why don't he ask him? Papa won't let him in the house. <laughs> well, uh, look, Miss Duffy, I would like to spend more time discussing your maritime relations, but... Uh, <laughs> i got to get this opera ready so we can sing it for Dame Sailor. Oh, an opera here tonight? Oh, well, i better go gargle my throat. Miss Duffy, you're not going to sing here tonight, you and your off-color aturus. <laughs> Archie, whose father is bought here and can have who fired? Who said you couldn't sing here tonight? <laughs> okay, goggle yourself up. Thank you. <laughs> what a voice. Eddie, nail down them pig's feet. There's a hardcore hallucination. <laughs> oh, brother, am I lucky that this opera of mine is singer-proof. Load the bugle, toot the trumpet. Here is Falstaff. Where shall I dump it? <laughs> Paul Staff, where do you get them poems? Uh, does Miss Duffy inspire them, pray chance? Oh, no, Archie. I am a true poet. And the true poet is inspired only by suffering. Yes, I guess Miss Duffy does inspire <laughs> Oh, uh, has she inspired any new ones lately? Oh, indubitably. Have you heard, stop flirting with the optometrist, mother? You're making a spectacle of yourself. <laughs> oh, no, I ain't heard that one. Or, uh... The police closed father's barber shop when they heard he was handling hot towels. <laughs> Very quaint. Uh, well, Steph, uh, why don't you think up a title for my opera? An opera? It's done, old boy. I shall go woo the muse. Oh, she's right over there by the cash register. <laughs> don't let her take your mind off of that title. Thank you. 
Officer? Oh, yes, Falstaff. I think I have just been struck by the muse. Well, it's your own fault. With a name like myself, you got to work a little slow. No. No, old boy. What I mean is I think I have a title for your opera. Title for the opera? Let's hear it, sir. Death in the Delicatessen or Salami, where she hugs. <laughs> Very unusual. Oh, yes, yes. But uh, maybe we'd better try for something a little more mosaic. <laughs> Shall we? Hey, Miss Archie. Yes, Eddie. Ain't that Dean Taylor coming in the door? Where? Oh, yeah, yeah. Look at the guy, Eddie. Such culture, such refinement. Notice the graceful way he steps over Moriarty. <laughs> well, Dean Taylor. Deems in behooving myself to bid humbridge to a man of your ilk and closeness, I, uh, I feel ashamed of my lack of verbosity. Archie, it went that away. What? The English language. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the same old Deems. You ain't changed one eye either. <laughs> uh, tell me, what, uh, what brings you down here tonight, Deems? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I guess just lack of willpower. <laughs> Seems that could be an insult. It is. Oh, well, I was just checking. Oh. <laughs> you, uh, you don't mind? No. Oh, well. How's things? Pretty good. That's good. <laughs> Read any good operas lately? Well, uh, frankly, no, I haven't. Oh, huh? Yeah. <clears throat> Been to any movies lately? Say, like, at the Paramount? Oh, that's right, Archie. You did make a picture, didn't you? Did I make a picture? It's just been busting, busting box offices all over the country. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's 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 simply wonderful. Um, who was in the picture with you? Oh, I had a little support. Uh, uh-huh. Betty Hutton, <clears throat> Paulette Goddard, Alan Ladd, Bing Crosby, guys like that. <laughs> but enough of me, Deems. What have you been doing there? Well, I'd be doing some commentaries on the symphonies with a little support from Stokowski and Damrice and Toscanini, guys like that. <laughs> well, you got to have a little help. <laughs> uh, by the way, I, I haven't seen your picture yet. Uh, tell me, Archie, how was your performance? Well, frankly, Dames, uh, some of the critics didn't like me. But on the other hand, a lot of them didn't mention me. <laughs> the New York Times, for example, ignored me. Oh, well, you know the motto of the Times, all the news that's fit to print. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, tell me, Archie, what, what, what did you think of Hollywood? Oh, come see, come see, you know, gorgeous limousines, <laughs> sumptuous parties, swimming mm. pools, diamond terraris, mm. beautiful dames, you know, and yet not entirely without glamour. Mm. <laughs> no, uh, you don't sound very enthusiastic. Well, uh, Dames, this is strictly entrevue, you know, but uh, mm. the warmth of my reception was somewhat chilly. Mm. They, uh, they wasn't so kind to me. Mm. Jealousy? What else? <laughs> and, of course, to that movie gang, I was just a guy from a tavern making 15 bucks a week. And that didn't impress them? No, their standards are different out there. You know, to you and to me, uh, 15 bucks is a lot of dough. Oh, yes. But in Hollywood, you can't swing a cat without hitting five guys that make that much. <laughs> Gets a little discouraging. <laughs> oh, I just... 
Well, James Taylor, as I live and breathe. My goodness, you do, don't you? <laughs> Simultaneously, too. Uh, by the way, let's see, you're, uh, you're Finnegan, aren't you, young man? Young man? James, you not only know who he is, but what? Say, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Taylor, dude, why do I always get you confused with Spike Jones? <laughs> because you're a jerk. Oh, that's it. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Archie, you're much too intolerant. Uh, Finnegan ought to be handled with, treated with understanding and patience. Uh, Finnegan, my boy. Yeah, I... Uh, you see, Spike Jones... Yeah? ...is an exponent of jazz and musical burlesque. While I, on the other hand, am, well, what they call a long hair. A long hair? Oh, yeah? <laughs> so what you do, leave it home? Um, oh, uh, uh, Archie, uh, what was that word you used a moment ago? Jake. Thank you. Finnegan, you're a joke. Beat it. Good work, James. Now, look, I got a little surprise for you. Uh-huh. You see, most composers have been dead for a hundred years, right? Right. Uh, James, do I look to you like I could be an opera composer? You certainly do. Thank you. Now... Prepare yourself for a little shock, James. I have wrote an opera. At two, Bruce. No. At this one, we're thinking of calling Salami, where she hung. <laughs> and I think I can safely say, James, that it is the most beautiful opera that's come along since you yourself wrote that Peter Rabbitson. <laughs> uh, what's the plot? The plot? That's the beauty of it, you see. The curtain rises... And all of the characters are on the stage, dead. <laughs> Why? Why? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> you see, it's revolutionary. Yeah, just a second, Archie. Uh, the characters are all dead in the first act? Who said we open with a first act? <laughs> you think I let myself be hogbound by tradition? This is a modern opera. You see, what I do is I put the second act after the third act and split the first act into intermissions that overlay the overture. <laughs> but I see I'm confusing you. Who, me? Look, James, instead of me telling you about it, why don't you take it over in the corner and read it over to yourself, uh, just quietly? Uh, couldn't I scream just once? Just <laughs> a mood, Jesus, you sure. Hey, Miss Duffy, fall step, come here. Hey, Arch, what does James think of your opera? I don't know yet, but I'll bet he falls in love with it. Well, that's nice. I hope they'll be very happy together. Finnegan, <laughs> please, I am too busy to listen to these half-wittiesisms. I uh, <clears throat> got to get the cast together for this opera. Uh, say, Archie. Yeah, James. Uh, it says here in the, uh, on the opera, uh, written by Archini. Is that you? Yeah. I figured Archie was still playing for opera, so I decided to adopt a musical name, you know, a... Uh, Metronome. Uh, <laughs> well, James, tell me, uh, what did you think of the opera as a whole? That's exactly what I thought of it. <laughs> and you don't know the best part of it. What? Well, we're going to put it on here tonight, and we've got a nice fat spot no, in it no, for you. No, no, Archie, wait a minute. This is carrying it too far. James, please, leave us be realistic. Here we are, you and me. Neither of us getting any younger, you know. I'm managing a broken-down tavern. You're the president of ASCAP. Ain't we got no ambition? <laughs> now, here's your part. Okay, gang, everybody ready? <laughs> okay, Maestro Melnick? Yeah. Uh, overture, if you please. 
Thank you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are about to present a scene from a new opera wrote by me esteemed self. Now, this opera tells the story of an ancient and royal Italian family named the Pastos. And their enemies, the Antipastos. <laughs> the part of Prince Cacciatore Pasto will be sung by Mr. James Taylor, our eminent contemporary and mezzo barracuda. <laughs> Thank you. Now, the part of his sweetheart, Princess Vermicelli, Antipasto, will be sung by that popular lyric falsetto, Miss Duffy. Our popular cashier and girl after men about town. <laughs> Thank you. Now, if you please, Maestro Melnick, we will commence with the libretto. Oh, me. How can I live without you? Oh, Vermicelli, I'm so mad about you. Oh, Moon. Oh, June. He's Boy, is this man. <laughs> Mr. Taylor, please, tonight you are not a critic. You are merely a broken-down opera singer. <laughs> Sorry. Granted. Oh, what a tragedy. What hollow mockery. Here shall we laugh or cry. You laugh, and I will cry. Uh, Archie, uh, this music... Yeah. It's uh, La Donna Immobile. Well, thanks, James, and it gets even more so. <laughs> oh, princess, oh, princess, the man coming through the forest. It's my trusty service and old family container. Oh, princess, princess, wither off thou. Fighting bad Terry. Uh, you know, I have news for you. <laughs> princess, princess, your father, the Baron Gorgonzola, Antipasto, approaches forthwith. He has found out that you were in love with this son of a mortal enemy. <laughs> Vermicelli, we must flee. It is too late to flee, my love. Here is your father now. Here is your father now. Here is your father now. What are you doing with the son of the man I hate? French Cacciatore, do wither at your father. I wither right here, Antipasto. What's make out of it? Please, no scene, Pop. <laughs> what do I hate you? And I hate you. Oh, I hate you. And I hate you. Do I hate you more than you hate me? <laughs> no, you don't. Oh, yes, I do. We hate each other with a love that's true. 
Antipasto. Yes, Pasto. Did you bring your sword? I did. Would fight? Would. Then thirst on God. Right, come oh, on. Oh, stop and before they sunder each other from limb to limb. I cannot, Vemicelli, lest they will sunder me. Then I will stop them, though it cost me my blood life. Yes, look. <laughs> the princess has run me quick, sir. She has just been stabbed. She's down. She's up. She's down. She's up. the violin section. Thank you. Well, go on, Miss Duffy. That's your cue. Drop dead. Ah! Ah! He could get antipasto tis the death rattle. I fear I have stabbed your daughter to the quick. No, Pasto, you have stabbed your own daughter. What? Yea, verily? What dire lie dost thou sayest, thou man? Well, tis the truth I speak, Pasto. I am the old nurse, and when the prince and princess was mere babes in arms, I got them all mixed up one day. You got them mixed up? Yes, I mixed them up. I got them all mixed up. I couldn't tell them apart, so I'm singing the wrong tune, but I got you them You got them up. all mixed up. <laughs> Thank you, Paul Steph. They mixed us up. Well, then, Val McKelly, I am you. Yes, Cassidorian, I am you. Then he is she. And she is he. Oh, T for two and two for T for two. Hey! <laughs> please, don't massacrate this noble music. Now, go ahead, Miss Duffy. Please, uh, resume dying. Oh, Cassidorian, I am dying. My tide is ebbing fast away. Please, Princess. Do not leave me. I'm sorry, my prince, but the time has come when I must
is the Armed Forces Radio Service. You are listening to the Old Time Radio Hour, broadcast each week over the World Wide Web, with your host, Justine Ward. Next, we have Duffy's Tavern with guest star Peggy Lee. Archie fell in love when he heard her song on the jukebox, and got a new suit to impress her when he invites her to sing at the tavern. Archie's sidekick, played by Eddie Green, doesn't seem convinced that Archie will appeal to Peggy Lee. But that doesn't stop Archie from trying. This is Duffy's Tavern with guest star Peggy Lee, first broadcast February 1st, 1946, on NBC. So we take you now to Duffy's Tavern starring Archie himself, Ed Gardner. Well, 
the objectionable lady happens to be. <laughs> a Miss Peggy Lee, a singer. Oh, singer? Yes, I listened to her on a jukebox, and as soon as I heard her, I know it was it. I felt chemicals all over me. <laughs> Eddie, I bet you I must have put 50 nickels in that machine. 50 nickels? Well, naturally, I slipped in a few slugs. She's not on this. No, not on this, Sam, because if she looks anything like she sounds, up the, up the. <laughs> By the way, she's coming down here tonight. I uh, wrote her a uh, letter offering her a job here. That's round for divorce already. Uh, and look, and when she takes a look at you in that broken down apron, she and ain't going to see me in a broken down apron, Eddie. I got me a whole new outfit. Suit, tie, shoes, hat. The works, you know. She'll be looking at a new watch. In case of five, she'd rather look at old Van Johnson. <laughs> yeah? Look here. Where'd you get all these new clothes, anyway? Where'd I get them? Huh? Only one of the finest tailors in town. Here, look at his card. Yes, the Duke of Windsor Clothing Company, by appointment to His Majesty, 50 cents hold any garment in the store. <laughs> Yep, they give you the best deal on Third Avenue. How do you suit cost them eleven dollars? They sell it for eleven dollars. How do they make any money? Hot wrapping paper. <laughs> and I think I'll call them up and see if it's ready. Hello, uh, Duke of Windsor Clothing Company. Connect me with a college shop, please. <laughs> Hello, Sam. Uh, this is Archie. How's the alterations coming? But, Sam, the coat pinched and the pants were so tight, I should go on a diet, huh? Very high-class place. Look, Sam, you, 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 can't, can't you let the suit out just a bit? You'll what? Loosen the stitches a little, huh? Well, okay, I'll send Eddie over for it. <laughs> Eddie, go over and pick it up, will you? And don't let them give you a suit off one of them dummies. Uh, all right. <laughs> oh, hey, Finnegan, uh, what you been doing for amusement? Oh, say me, yo, yo. Oh, good old Finnegan. Uh, by the way, remember that Peggy Lee I told you about that I heard singing on the record? Yeah. Well, she's coming down tonight in the flesh. Archie, won't she be cold? And again, don't be such a jerk. I don't mean that the dame is coming down or grabbing. <laughs> she ain't no strip tease. She's a high-class radio entertainer. The chicken radio? Yeah. So them people are really nuts. And I know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> but I don't. Oh, how about that day? What day? I chatted her. Uh, please, please follow the example of your head, will you? And come to the point. I'm talking about the time I was in the Truth or Consequences program. Oh, uh, what was you, a Truth or a Consequence? Yes, Dodge. Oh, that'd be too tough to get. <laughs> well, what happened? So all, they asked me a question, and when I told them, I didn't know the answer. He hit me over the head, and then he 
poured water over me and hit me in the face with a big tire and knocked me down on the floor. But the joke was on them, boss. What do you mean? I knew the answer all the time. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Good time, George. Yep. Sometime uh, you and I must take a slow rocket to the moon. <laughs> Any time, Mars. Okay, it's a date. Oh, Another one. <laughs> uh, what is it, Miss Duffy? Um, I have a question to ask you. I'm looking for a male viewpoint. Miss Duffy, be honest. What you're looking for is a male period. <laughs> but uh, I'm gay today. What is it again? <laughs> Well, I'm taking this course in home economics. You know, how to be a homemaker. Well, ain't that kind of counting your chickens before they hitch? <laughs> now, what's the question? Well, how much do you think a man should give his wife every week to operate the household? Well, I think it depends to an extent on the wife's salary. <laughs> She ain't working, you've got to give her a little of your own money. <clears throat> what they call a budget. I'd say that a fair figure would be uh, $8 a month for food and uh, maybe 6 or 7 bucks a month for rent. Depending on how many rooms you have, of course. Well, I'm certainly glad I'm not getting married to you. Likewise, I'm sure. Run a house on $15 a month. <laughs> It can be done if the housewife knows how to economize. Uh, for instance, when a pile of chairs wear out, instead of buying new ones, she'll make slip covers out of a couple of her own slips. <laughs> she'll know how to embroider a bed sheet so it can also be used on the dining room table. A lot of little tricks, uh, like how to clean out the ashtrays and carefully assort the butts according to size. <laughs> sprinkle of paper flowers with toilet water so they smell real. <laughs> but the main thing is, regardless of the money, a dame should remember that a man wants his comfort, that his home should be a home. Even the bathroom should look lived in. Such domestic ideas. Well, I just got them recently, Miss Duffy. Oh, hello, Eddie. You back already? Yeah, yes, sir. Oh, thanks. I think I'll hurry up in the back room and put it on. She's liable to be here any minute. Well, Eddie, uh, get a load of me. How do you like the new suit? Well, Pull down the shades and call me Sunset. <laughs> you like the color, Eddie? Yes. All of them. <laughs> Let's see it now. That's a green plaid over a red and yellow check with an orange pinstripe. Oh. 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 Uh, you don't think that it's too loud? No, not next to that purple shirt you're wearing. <laughs> well, aside from the color, what do you think? Well, just a little... Skimpy, Skimpy? Yeah, look at them pants. Whoever heard of anybody wearing pants that short? Well, Eddie, how many men have legs like mine? <laughs> I admit it. <laughs> I 
I admit it's a little tight, but it's beautiful material. Believe me, I can be seen any place. Yeah. Just stand over and you'll be seen every place. <laughs> well, forget about the pants. Look at the coat. Look at his shoulders. Well, the pigeon himself ain't got shoulders like these. Neither have you. <laughs> Wait a minute. He's still got the price tag hanging on it. Well, that's part of me system, Eddie. I jacked it up to 18 bucks. <laughs> Wait a minute. Why should I kid the dame that I'm wealthy after all? I've got looks and brains and personality. Leave her love me for myself. Sure, why not? You do. <laughs> what conceit. What conceit? Eddie, if you really understood me, you'd realize that I don't think I'm half as good as I really am. Hey, look at that dame that just come in. Oh, hmm. What a stack of esquires. Ready? You know me with them vaga blondes. Yeah, you're just an old vaga blonde lover. You ain't kidding. I, I beg your pardon, miss. You're uh, Peggy Lee, aren't you? Yes, I am. Who are you? Three guesses. Well, uh, let me look at you. Nanny Moon Jack? <laughs> you are you kidding me? You know very well who I am. Who did you come down here to see? Oh, wait a minute. You're not Archie. You want to bet? <laughs> but let me look at you. You know, I expected to find you a chicory chick, but I didn't know you'd have so much Joanna Joanna. <laughs> Oh, 
Mr. Duffy's your partner? Uh, well, yes, but uh, he ain't got nothing to say about the place. I'm the real figurehead here, you know. I'm the guy that you kind of impress. Well, then why is this place called Duffy's Tavern? Well, I wasn't going to call it Archie's Tavern, but me family uh, made her and paid her, you know. They were kind of lousy with tradition, and they didn't want our name dragged through the mud. <laughs> it was enough of a shock for them when I sullied myself with honest toil. <laughs> but enough about me. <laughs> Let's talk about you. You realize, of course, that you're bound to fall in love with me. I am? Well, why should you be an exception? <laughs> I came down here to sing a song. Sing a song. Don't try to fight it, honey. <laughs> Believe me, it's bigger than both of us. <clears throat> I admit it. You love me, don't you? Well, you must care a little. Well, <laughs> at least you're intrigued. Why would you like to sing? Oh, something appropriate. Something appropriate? Uh, like what? What more can a woman do? Oh, yeah, that's the one you sang on the record. Hit me with it again. If he told me that I should hear, I guess I would. Uh, well, well, look, Duffy, I, I take a tip, but uh, don't waste your time. 
No, Sully, uh, S-K-I-N-N-Y. <laughs> yeah. With C-U-C-K-T. <laughs> okay, you're welcome, Duffy. <clears throat> well, there's more than one way to skin a wolf. <laughs> What did Mr. Duffy think about my singing? Oh, what's the difference what he thought? What does he know about music? You mentioned Stradivarius, so many things you're talking about a violin. <laughs> but, uh, Archie, Stradivarius is a violin. Well, once in a while he makes a lucky guess. <laughs> now, Peggy, leave us get back to you and me. What is it this time? You think I lied? You coming down to see for yourself what she looks like? But Duffy. Peggy, quick, get your hat and coat on. Duffy's coming down. So what? Is he so horrible? Ah, look. When the boogeyman wants to frighten his children, he tells them Duffy will get them. (laughs) Come on, leave us get out of here. Oh, just a second, Archie. I'm not going to start to work here until I meet Mr. Duffy. Why? Well, after all, he'll be one of my bosses, and I feel I should be nice to him. I think I'll go fix my makeup. Let me know when he gets there. That's dirty stuff. Always lousing me up. Wait a minute. I'll fix him. Hello? Hello, Mr. Duffy. This is Mrs. O'Shaughnessy. Sure, and is your charming wife there? Thank you. Hello, Mrs. Duffy. This is a certain friend that wishes to warn you that your husband has plans tonight for a Candlestein meeting. <laughs> well, I called you up because I hate to see that beast take a lovely, frail, delicate woman like yourself and make a big, fat fool out of you. (laughs) Okay, you're welcome. And cloud him one for me, too, will you? (laughs) Well, that's that. Pretty clever, Harry. Masterful. (laughs) There's only one thing. What? Miss Lee says she ain't gonna work yet till she meets Mr. Duffy. Okay. She wants to meet Mr. Duffy, I'll give her a Mr. Duffy. If I have to produce another hideous corpus. Let me look at you. Hmm. This is going to be a dirty trick to play on the both of them. Finnegan, here's what I want you to do. Eddie, watch the join a minute, will you?
you stop arguing with me? Uh, but I don't look like Duffy. I'm more than Winston Churchill Kirk. <laughs> I told you the dame don't know what Duffy looks like. All she knows about is his personality. So just act stupid. Oh, do me best, God. <laughs> but don't expect me to be as stupid as Duffy. After all, he's older. Well, I'll take the gamble, Penny, and now I'll call her over and have you meet her. Oh, uh, Peggy, uh, this is Mr. Duffy. How do you do? I'm Peggy Lee. How do you do? I'm stupid. <laughs> uh, me, Junior partner is a great joshy, you know, Peggy. Uh, uh, by the way, Junior... Uh, uh, what is it, Junior? Uh, <laughs> did you go down to the bank today like I told you to arrange for that second mortgage? Set the mortgage is. Oh, yeah, but they wouldn't give it to me, Josh. Why not? They only allow one to a customer. You know, uh, Mr. Duffy, you're almost as stupid as Finnegan. Oh, yeah? You know, you can get a punch in the nose for a remark like that. <laughs> Please, don't forget you're talking to the senior partner. Just a second, Archie. You know something, Mr. Duffy? I say, Mr. Duffy. <laughs> Mr. Duffy, the dame is talking to you. Oh, yeah. What was you saying, my dear? Well, I was about to say that I think you're very cute. Oh, good. <laughs> no, I mean it. Oh, cut it off. But tell me, are you married? Well, yes and no. What do you mean, yes and no? Well, I got a wife, but I don't like it. <laughs> oh, Mr. Duffy, I think you're just precious. Yes, he is rather a precious little slob, ain't he? Just a second. You stay out of this, Jeannie. Huh? Uh, Miss Lee, uh, I understand that you are a singer. That's right. Would you like to hear me sing? I'd be enchanted. Now, uh, just a second. Uh, I'd rather you stay out of this, old man. Uh, go ahead, Miss Lee. Oh, Paul. Oh, 
Marvelous. Uh, marvelous. Marvelous. Look, Peggy, why don't we ditch this creek here? <clears throat> maybe let's go over to Roseland and kick it around a little, huh? Well, okay, but maybe Mr. Duffy would like to go dancing, too. But we both can't go. Well, then, maybe you better stay here since you're the brains of the business. Now, wait a minute. The same you heard this, girl. Uh, by the way, I'm a little broke, so if you don't mind, I'll take five bucks from our cash register. <laughs> now, just a second, Finnegan. Finnegan? So, that was my maiden name. <laughs> uh, let's go. Well, good night, senior. Good night, Archie. I created a Frankenstein out of a Frankenstein. <laughs> and so ends another chapter in the love life of Archie, the story of one man's fight against himself. This is the Armed Forces Radio Show. You have been listening to the Old Time Radio Hour, broadcast each week over the World Wide Web. You can subscribe at no charge through Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or RSS. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you can join us again next week for another hour of entertainment from the golden age of radio. Until then, this is your host, Justine Ward, saying so long for a while. <laughs>